Today's podcast is brought to you by East Bay Builders, Inc. East Bay was founded on a simple philosophy to provide reliable, quality work at fair prices. Hi, this is Sarah Austin, Editorial Director of North Forker, and I'm happy to be here today with lifestyle reporter Felicia Lalomia. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, You're our resident foodie at North Forker, which is why it's important you're here, because (laughs) we're here to talk about our new September issue, which is all about food, Um, the incredible scene on the North Fork. Um, You just moved to the North Fork earlier this year. Have, Have you been surprised at how rich the food scene is, or was that one of the things that drew you here in the first place? I was really surprised at how rich the food scene was. I actually have a list on my phone of all the restaurants that I want to try on the North Fork. And it just seems to get longer, even though I've been trying more and more. And it just like, there's so many different places, like little hidden spots that I'll just come upon and then I'll add it to the list. And the list right now is like 30 restaurants deep. I I mean, I don't think you've even scratched the surface of the restaurant scene out here at all. I know. I've been here for years and I feel like I've explored so much. But then, as you say, like every week I hear about some place that's either new or not new. And I've just sort of never managed to get there. And I hear about something incredible to eat, especially now that I'm part of the team at North Forker, who's so plugged into um, what's going on in the restaurant scene. So it's exciting, but it's a little exhausting and overwhelming. So we just have to pace ourselves, I guess. I know, but it's not a bad spot to be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's uh, good problems, as they say. Um, So, I mean, I wrote about in my editor's note this month, but the North Fork Table and Inn, it's this sort of seminal place for me and my husband. We've celebrated so many birthdays and anniversaries there, and we've been coming there, you know, long before we owned a house here. And it's where we went to celebrate when we bought our house in Greenport to sort of toast we were you know, official North Fork residents and owners and not just, um, not just regular visitors. So, um, so it's sort of wonderful to me that the cover of the first issue I worked on is uh, the signature dish of the new North Fork Table and Inn, which of course reopened this spring after um, being closed and getting a refresh and a new chef and new owners. Um, so on the cover, you can see the Southhold Mixed Grill, as they call it, which is all different kinds of local fish. Um, I love everything about that dish. It's so simple and elegant and, and I just love the fresh fish in the area. So I was excited to have that on the cover. And you were able to write the cover story about the evolution of the North Fork table and inn and have a special dinner there. So tell me all about it. Yeah. Um, it's a really modern yet cozy place. I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to experience what it was like before. Um, but having dinner there was so just like peaceful, um, and and, like cozy is the only way to, that I can think of to to describe their, the interior. It's just like, it's very warm, um, on the tables, they have these like, um, lavender herbs. It's very inviting there. They, they use, um, when you first walk in along the hallway, they have these dried herbs from, uh, dried herbs and dried flowers from KK's farm that they change out every couple of weeks, which I think is really cool and kind of like represents the season that we're in and what they're cooking with on the North Fork, which is very, um, 
sort of different. I've never seen or, or even heard anything like that. Um, and the menu is very seafood forward. Um, and even the cocktail menu, there's a drink that I want to say is called sea salt martini. Um, and in it is like ocean mist. It says ocean mist, isn't it? And I was like very confused on what that was because it sounds, I was like, is that literally ocean? Like, did they literally go down to the, the <laughs> bay or the town to like, collect ocean water and then sit in the martini? But no, it's actually made from like dried seaweed. So it kind of gives it that same sort of flavor, but it's just really interesting to see how much thought has gone into every little part of the menu and how much it represents the North Fork and um, all of the farms in and around this area. I love that. It's always been such a special place to sort of duck in and have a just a little drink at their tiny bar. And um, mm-hmm. it's fun here they've kept their tradition up of, and added some kind of fabulous cocktails. So um, yeah. they also have a really good um, bar menu, bar food that's separate from their regular menu. It has like burger and burgers and some wings on there. And so that's kind of like a more casual approach if you want to go in there for something a little bit more casual. Yeah, it's just such a nice balance of really, you know, sophisticated food, but a really sort of warm and welcoming atmosphere. And it's it's just it's just quintessential North Fork. So it, I think everyone's really happy to see them back. And um, especially in this strange year for restaurants to see that um, the, the resurrection of the North Fork table is just a lovely story. And you told it very well. Um, so one of my other favorite features in the issue is the best things we've eaten so far this year. So far, we still, as we've said, have a lot of things left on our list. But um, as I was saying, it's been a strange year for, for the food scene and for all of us trying to cook at home for a while when we couldn't go out to restaurants and, um, you know, learning to love uh, takeout and delivery and and all of the restaurants that rallied to um you know, be able to deliver us food at home. So when I thought about uh, my favorite thing I ate this year, I immediately thought of Cinco de Mayo. It was actually Seis de Mayo because we're very, we were unorganized. But it, was, it was that week <laughs> of um, May when you start craving tacos. And we ordered from Matataco their special like 40 taco feast and um, one of the tacos was the BLT, which stands for bacon lobster taco. Um, I never thought of putting bacon and lobster together, but my whole family flipped yeah. out over these BLT. Um, <laughs> and now they are a staple in our house. And it was just this lovely, I think it was our first big meal that we ordered out after cooking at home for weeks and weeks. And it, it was so special to connect with my family and so fun. And we had jalapeno margaritas in a plastic container and <laughs> just <laughs> such good times. So that immediately leapt to my mind as my favorite thing I ate this year, um, both for the deliciousness of the lobster. I know you're anti-lobster, but I'm telling you, if you're, if you're pro-lobster, it's really good. <laughs> but also just for the, just for the, the evening of having that takeout with my with my family. Um, mm-hmm. 
there were lots of things in this story from the rest of our staff that got me very excited to try them and went on that long list. So um, one of them is the crispy chicken sandwich at Jenny's at Trosos, the, um, which is by the Putt-Putt Golf, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the best Putt-Putt Golf, mini golf food you will have, I have to guess, anywhere. It's outrageously good. I, it has no right to be that good. Um, <laughs> but I haven't tried the chicken sandwich there. So Dave um, Benthal, who's our photographer, suggested that. And once you see the picture of this chicken sandwich in the issue, it will go immediately on your list as well. Um, one of our uh, our advertising uh, directors suggested burrata with grilled peaches uh, from Port, uh, which also looked outrageously good to me. Um, I love what they've done at Port this summer, putting all the chairs out in front of the Greenport Harbor and, and taking advantage of their views to, to spread people out. So that went on my list. Um, what, what was on, uh, what was your favorite thing you ate last year, Felicia? Um, mine was, I read about this for a story. Um, a place that a lot of people were telling me to try was the Country Corner Cafe in Southhold, um, which is kind of like tucked away. I don't, I, I think it's more of a place that it gets, you know, the, known by word of mouth. So I went there and I tried their all American sandwich, um, which was massive. I mean, huge. Like it, there was probably an inch thick of turkey, which is a lot of turkey for a sandwich. Um, and there was bacon in there, Swiss cheese, honey mustard on a ciabatta um, roll, which is my like absolute favorite type of bread to eat a sandwich on. Um, and it's just classic and simple, but done so well. Um, like I, I could eat half for lunch and half for dinner, but it's just like when you're in the mood for a really good sandwich, that's like not wimpy, but is going to like hold up well, that is the place I'm going for sure. I love that sandwich. And I really love that place. My kids adore the country corner cafe so they're always begging me to go there and um, yeah. <laughs> one of those one of those happy things where your kids ask you to go and you're like oh thank god I, I enjoy that place yes yeah. we can go. <laughs> versus like can we get a happy meal it's like oh that's disgusting no <laughs> um so so yeah it's just a great place and their sandwiches are so good their blt with avocado is also you can tell i have a bacon fixation i apologize to um our audience who's anti-bacon but oh I'm right there with you (laughs) oh good (laughs) team bacon Um, (laughs) one of my other favorite stories in the issue such a beautiful story about edible flowers um this was your idea tell me um why you wanted to write about edible flowers and what you learned yeah um I can't remember why or how I came up with the idea or came across it but I just love the idea that it's something so delicate and colorful and beautiful, but it's not very commonly used, particularly for like the home cook. Um, and I think just seeing that people are cooking a little bit more at home because we're at home so much more often. Um, this is kind of like a different way and, and a simple way to spice up whatever you're making. So I talked to um, Jerry Woodhouse, who is an expert in all things edible flowers. Um, And we were at the North Fork Flower Farm, which is an absolutely gorgeous setting to do anything, just to like walk around. It's it's absolutely amazing there. Um, And she was showing us 
what she does with edible flowers. So she takes them um, and she will do something as simple as putting edible flowers into a large ice cube tray and freezing them. And then you can use that in cocktails, um, in lemonade and iced tea. And it's just a way for your drink to look even more beautiful. Um, if you want to use them for the flavor, which another thing I learned was how diverse of, of, of flavors these edible flowers can have. I mean, any herb that you have will eventually flower. So like oregano, if you let that grow past its leaves, which is what we typically use to flavor things, it'll have a flower. You can use that to flower things. It, it, some of the herbs have similar tastes to um, what the, their leaves will have and some will have very different tastes. So that was kind of cool to learn about. Um, but she will just put them on top of cakes. She will throw them into salads. Um, just as a way to make something so simple that much more beautiful and to add a little bit more flavor that might be unexpected. Um, another thing that she does, which is a little bit more advanced is turn them into turn edible flowers into syrup. Um, so she had like a, a rose syrup that she makes. It's just like water and sugar and rose petals. Um, and she used that. She mixed it with sparkling water, I believe. That was absolutely delicious. Um, if you just added like a little bit of gin or vodka into that, that would have been a perfect cocktail. And it was particularly hot on that day. So it was a nice refresher. Um, and yeah, it was just, they're just so beautiful. And I believe in here, we also have a recipe from um, Lauren Lombardi on she takes edible flowers and will like crystallize them onto cookies, which is another super simple way to use them. They add flavor and they make like a simple sugar cookie that much more beautiful. So that was a really fun story to write. Love that. Where can you yeah. get edible flowers on the North Pole? Um, KK's, the farm sells them. I believe you can get them from North Fork Flower Farm. Um, and like a lot of farms sell them. I think you just have to inquire about them. Like I know KKs will put them in their weekly CSA box. Um, I don't think that they're particularly popular. I know a lot of chefs in the area will use them. I don't think they're particularly popular with, um, you know, the average consumer. So I think if you were to ask a lot of the local farmers about them, they probably would be able to get them or have them for you. Um, I just don't know that they're going to have them out. It's interesting though when you see them on, you know, dishes or in the North Fork restaurants that they're another local, locally sourced ingredient. You know? Yeah. But of course they are. Right. It's just so you never like think about that. Is North Fork Fire Farm open to the public? Um I think so. All right, we're not sure. We're gonna check Instagram before yeah. back. <laughs> it's like a little bit tucked away. They don't have like a sign out by the road. So it can be a little bit difficult to find. Um, I don't know if the field was open to the public. They do have like a storefront right next to the field where they sell fresh flowers. They sell um, Jerry's syrup and honey and things like that there. So like that part is open to the public. You can drive in and you can look at the field. I'm not sure that you're allowed to like walk into the field. Um, I'm also not sure what the field looks like at this time, but you can go look at the flowers that they're growing and that kind of thing. So, there's probably more bees than I care to uh, have a, 
an animal encounter with. So there might be, yeah. <laughs> our stand sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another story that I really loved from this issue was about um, Olive Branch, which is sort of what, what we call Greenport's, you know, best kept secret. Um, it's, it's tucked away into um, a little square in Greenport and it takes up three storefronts in there. It's right across from the carousel um, in downtown Greenport. And um, the Turkish-born chef, Chef Alpin, is cooking beautiful food there. Um, he, you know, talks about coming, growing up in Turkey, and he was sort of a, he, what he said, he a bad kid. Um, that's how he described it. And he said his dad sent him to work in his uncle's restaurant as punishment to straighten him out, and he went to work as a dishwasher. <laughs> um, but he loved it there, and he, and he went from dishwasher to prep cook to chef, you know, just sort of learning love the kitchen and the chaos and learning how to make this beautiful uh, Mediterranean food and brought that to Greenport and it's really one of my favorite um kinds of food to eat you know it's the if there's grilled Renzino on the menu I'm probably going to order that when the whole fish comes out and they carve it for for you and you split it with another person I just I'm in heaven and so I love that there I love that they have octopus um Yusef talks in the story about how um you have to kind of tenderize the octopus uh, when you make it. So he, in, in Turkey, they'll, or Greece, they'll slam it, the fishermen will slam it against the docks. Um, but what he do, does is give his octopus um, a massage in the evening. <laughs> so <laughs> just picture him sitting out on the patio, massaging his octopus. <laughs> that's a, that's service. But um, just really um, becoming a local favorite. Um, and just a beautiful spot. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I like about um, Olive Branch is they're open seven days a week for lunch and dinner, even throughout the off season, which is um, really nice for locals. And their portions are massive. Um, I I got, they have this like um, dip tray that they um, like with hummus and, and, baba ganoush and all these different kinds of things and it's massive i mean it's like it's an appetizer but it can easily be like a full meal so you can go there and get two meals out of it or order for one even if you're two people and still have plenty to eat i love that (laughs) so um yeah people keep talking about this restaurant so we're really excited to turn the spotlight on it um in our september issue so Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of other um, ideas, places to explore and try. Uh, we write about Il Giardino, which is um, this beautiful Sicilian restaurant in Aquabog. And um, Grant Parpan has an awesome story about the Wading River food scene, an unlikely uh, food scene, but it's popped up. They've got four or five really fantastic spots, all different kinds of food. They've got you know, fancy French food to, you know, acai bowls. It's kind of everything you would want. And it's really revitalizing that downtown area that hadn't had so much going on um, for a while. So just a um, a really nice story about the power of our restaurants and our, um, our creative chefs to 
kind of anchor our communities. And I think that's something that's really on our mind this year and that we're so grateful for all of the things um, they have done to serve the community, to um, find creative ways to stay open and um, getting their food to us and giving us, um, you know, that support and that nourishment that we've needed. And I would just say, I mean, the theme of our food issue is that I hope everybody would support them in turn uh, and, and show your love um, to those restaurants that have weathered through 2020 and are still making such incredible, inspiring um, things to eat and drink. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, it's amazing to see how they've flourished during such, uh, such a difficult time. And um, it's really inspiring. Yeah, if you haven't thought about, uh, you know, our, our restaurants as, as creative, you know, creators before, they certainly have shown it this year with um, everything that they've done, not only on the menus, but um, just in the, the, the creative solutions um, to stay open and um, mm -hmm. thriving. So thank you to them. Thank you to you, Felicia. Thank you to everyone who listened. Um, if you like our podcast, give us a nice review on iTunes. If you don't like our podcast, maybe just, you know, mention that to the person sitting next to you. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope to hear or uh, talk to you next week. Let us know what you think of the issue and, um, and all of your favorite places um, to eat on the North Fork so we can put them on our long list. Thanks so much, guys. Absolutely. Bye.